0: Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 434 of Longbox Heroes. I'm Todd along with Joe. How you doing today, Joe? I'm scratching
1: my hair directly in the microphone.
0: Oh, uh, facial or head or hey, back. I'm
1: I'm extra shaggy these days. I'm about three months off a haircut.
0: Ooh. Yeah, but in this Arctic air, it feels good to have hair around your fa- your head, doesn't it? It does, but it's really starting to get out of control.
1: Um, I don't care. Uh, there are other people in this house that care.
0: uh They don't like the grizzly Sposto look? Hmm.
1: They, well, I don't know. Let... Let's just say there's many times where I walk out of the house and I have to be careful because this is the regular show,
0: right? <laughs>
1: this came up on the other show, might say something different.
0: <laughs> but
1: uh, I'll leave the house with like schmutz all over my face or my right. clothes
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I don't like looking. It's a it's a it's a double edged sword in that I don't like looking at myself, right? Right. So I can't fault the other people in my house for not looking at me and tell me that I have schmutz all over my clothes or face.
0: Uh, Oh, Joe Schmutzto.
1: Right. So I'll go through an entire day with like a big thing of schmutz on my clothes or something. And I'll think to myself, I'm like, how did I leave the house and nobody told me this? I'm like, oh, they don't look at me either. I'm like, I don't look at me. You know what I mean? But I I do get grief about my hair looking extra shaggy.
0: Right. See, I have, uh, tinfoil over all my mirrors like a vampire, right. so I'm good.
1: I, I, there's, there are mirrors in my house, but I don't look at them. Right. Cause the thing that I see looking back, I don't want to see. Me too. So Todd, enough about me and my vanity. What do we got, uh, on the <laughs> show this week?
0: That's yes, right. I don't want to talk about your furniture. Um, a legend, a, a legend in the industry retires. Various big box stores and their exclusives. Um, Delayed, more delayed books. And solicitations of books that are coming out, we hope. But also, we have con news. Free digital books and sales. What we read last week, which was both Fantastic Four number six. And Conan the Barbarian number two. What we're looking forward to this week I believe we have some Todd's Art Attacks. And at the end, a spoiler-filled talk of the uh, the, re- the mid-season return of The Flash, I believe.
1: Yeah, buddy. The Flash is back. Yeah. But a uh, tease for that. You wouldn't know by watching this week's episode. Well, I'm going to explain all that when we get to it. All right, good. That's the tease. So, Todd, as you mentioned, uh, one of the legends, and this is uh, – a word that gets thrown, thrown around quite a bit when talking about comic books, but this is a person who you probably know his name. You definitely know his work. M- maybe this will be the first time that you're putting the two together, but I would assume that a good chunk of our listenership knows the name George Perez and could spot his art, you know, by sight. One of the most mm-hmm. recognizable artists in comics of the last 40 years. Uh, has decided to call it quits of producing new material, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm. Working
1: on a regular book or a project or whatever it is. Right.
0: No more new comics for him, basically.
1: Right. Um. He released a press statement, of course, uh, due to a, 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 a variety of health issues, most notably, I would assume, being vision issues, might be difficult to draw a book. Uh, even, you know, on a, in a longer schedule, if you can't see, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, he is still going to be doing commissions, but there's a lot of caveats with this. And this is kind of like where things come in on your end, I would assume. Right. Uh, okay. that he is still going to do home commissions and he has his art rep set up here and he does have a website set up and so forth. Um, he does have that he's only going to be, uh, doing six conventions this year. Right. Uh, and he has one convention scheduled for next year.
0: And That's this, a makeup one. Yeah. Right,
1: a makeup one. And this is more than more or less going to be the end of his career. And then they have the whole thing of the sketches need to be requested upon 30 days before each, each show, uh, one per person, family or address, first come, first serve, only nine by 12 headshots and they must be paid in full at the time that you pick up whatever it is that you're doing.
0: Right. And I believe there will only be five per day per show. Like if he has five, five spots, like if he goes to a three day con, it's like, so that's 15 headshots for that weekend. Right. And then that's it because he's retiring after this year He's officially done with like books, but he's going to do these couple of cons, the makeup one next year, and then he's done with conventions. Right. And so I'm guessing that means he's done with drawing for commissions, too. Like, that's it. So uh, there's going to be a mad dash for those final uh, George Breadhead sketches.
1: Right, and uh, he's but... and he's sixty five. You know, right. he's been doing a long time. He he still looks to be in good shape, of course. We we addressed some of the ailments that he mentioned. hmm Uh, but yeah, so this is like the end of the run. And I know you we'll get into that in uh Art Attack a little bit later on. But you had sent out something uh that you had gotten from him, I guess, correct?
0: Yes, it was. Uh, do you want me to talk about it here a little bit, or
1: uh, just a little bit? Sure.
0: Yeah, it was at a New York Comic Con years ago, and I had to buy. Uh, like he had a thing where he had to set it up in advance. It was a pass, and it was a five-minute whatever. They literally had a timer on the table. You, they, he drew for five minutes. When the bell went off, he was done. Mm-hmm. So, and that's kind of the way he was doing it for a while because he was he was getting older. And, like, now I could see it. He's has, like, I believe diabetes, and he had a heart attack, and that, that bothers your eyes. Like, g- God bless him. And I saw George, uh, Kurt Busick say this on, on Twitter this week, and I was like – he said it's nice to see a creator be able to be done with comics because usually comics are done with creators. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, because – what?
1: Yes, I, I agree. That's That's a great statement.
0: That he could retire because most of the time it passes you by and, you know, you know there's no retirement, there's no union, there's no nothing. But he has enough in print. Dear God, he has enough in print. Just he can he can probably retire and live off, you know, uh, uh, royalties and stuff like that. And he is a true legend. Between stuff like the Infinity Gauntlet that he drew some of that and Crisis on Infinite Earth and other stuff at Marvel – he he's probably drawn the most characters between Marvel and DC ever, I would have to guess.
1: Uh yeah, especially you know if you'd mention Avengers versus Justice League, which is sadly out of print.
0: I want to touch on that in a minute, but go ahead. Right.
1: Um and yeah, so we could kind of uh get into that right now if you'd like.
0: Right, I was going to say in a second, I thought you had more to say. Um, Can you imagine, like, that's been out of print because that's a crossover, and, like, it's, like, I guess the crossovers go back and forth, that it's like, okay, this one goes to Marvel, like, gets most of the money, and then the next one, that's, like, you publish that one, and there's fights over this one, but can you imagine how well Justice League versus Avengers would sell if that was a perennial book? Yes. I, I, it, to me, you figure that out, and I almost, I thought we were on the old show, cause I almost said it. You figure that stuff out, and you share that money. Like, how much money have they lost over, you know, I don't know what year it came out, but 20 years of, of, of that book not being printed. I, I, that blows my mind.
1: Right, and obviously this is, you know, uh, this is a pie-in-the-sky sort of ideal, but there was a comic uh store owner out of the West Coast that I follow that was like, hey, Marvel and DC who can't get their stuff together regarding uh the rights and who gets the money out of reprinting Justice League Avengers, Uh why not do a run and just give the money to George Perez? Yes. Like, do a limited print run, whatever it is, and just say, hey, this is the only time we're going to do it. Um, and then that's it.
0: I saw somebody online say a great idea. I can't I can't say who it was because it's got lost in my time, my feed. But they should Marvel should print up a bunch of Avengers versus Justice Leagues. And DC should put, print up a bunch of Justice League versus Avengers. Uh-huh. And just constant. if you sell the Justice League one, it goes to the DC offices. Well, and George gets a big cut. And if you sell the Avengers is on the on the cover first, it goes to Marvel. And that's how you do it. And that's the way, the way you pick favorites. If you're a DC guy, you get the Justice League versus Avengers. If you're a Marvel guy, you get the Avengers versus Justice League. And I'm like, that's not a bad idea. Nope, not at all.
1: So that's, you know, certainly something that they could do. They should do. It would be a nice thing to do since you guys can't figure it out amongst yourselves. Just do a, like I said, do a run. It's limited to X amount of issues and all the money just goes to him. Mm -hmm. for like everything that he's done for both of your companies over these last several years
0: give a little slice to Busick too though
1: yeah sure or or even you know what or how about you just like say hey you have these six convention appearances how Mm. many do you need you want to have it to be a thing that you want a copy of it you have to buy it from him at the convention
0: that'd be a great idea like a like a farewell tour exclusive
1: yes something
0: something George George is a, is a first ballot hall of famer like oh, unbelievable ridiculous I remember when he did those Avengers books right after the Heroes Reborn stuff yes and we were joking about certain creators who will remain nameless because I, I've come around on he's a nice guy um <laughs> who we said like when he was doing his book we were like hey buddy blue is not a background you know what I mean <laughs> like Just the color blue is not a background. And then you go to George Perez's Avengers, and he does – first of all, that first, like, three issues had every Avenger ever in it. And then they'd be standing in front of brick walls, and George is like, let me just draw every brick in that wall. And you're like, oh, my God, like, so beautiful.
1: Right, and this was 1996 where, like, maybe you had some digital coloring going on. Uh-huh. But it wasn't a thing where you're seeing panels being flipped or parts of backgrounds being repeated over and over again. Like, no, he's drawing each and each and every individual brick.
0: Yes, exactly. And he wasn't using stat panels either. Like you said, it was like, oh, you know, all in all, it's just another, you know, brick in the wall of George Perez.
1: Right. So uh if you are attending any of these conventions this year, uh you would be a fool uh not to go and even meet cuz he even says in the press release like whatever else uh you know the the sketches and everything else like that uh and again it's a good man for saying this saying that he's not going to be sketching at shows but I will be autographing any of my work and be available f- for photo ops has been my policy throughout my career and I will not be charging for either good for him that's a good man uh so his convention schedule looks like the amazing con uh aloha in hawaii i'm sure uh c2e2 Mm -hmm.
0: uh
1: he is doing the east coast comic con at the meadowlands he is doing the niagara falls comic con he is doing terrific con he is doing dragon con and he is also doing fetish con todd yes yes he is and for the and that's not a comic book convention no it's not but i say george you do you my
0: good man and I'm just going to say, he's been doing him for a long time. I don't know how many people know about like him doing like fetish cons over the years. Mm-hmm. I, did you know about that? Absolutely not. That was a surprise to me. I,
1: I'm surprised that I have not been tipped off by that, by uh, an avid listener of After Dark, who uh, <laughs> certainly attends that convention, or at the very least, the... Uh... <laughs> watches the streaming the the darker ones i guess you'll say. right the but, ones that but, are more off the radar that right, might not but, have as an official website as this one
0: right but all in all like honestly and i i'm gonna keep it light not you know get into he's been doing those for years and he's been very open about it and he's a legend in those like circuits like
1: oh yes you just i just loved I went and I checked their website and they have like it's still a ways out but he is the number 2 listed guest on their site. Mhm. It's some woman who I don't know and George Perez who is the host of some sort of thing that they have there that weekend. Right. So, I say good on you man.
0: Mhm.
1: So, George Perez again, it's not like he's passed but I will be sad not to see him doing original stuff. And uh, if I was actually leaving my house, if he was going to, if he was going to one of the, uh, the conventions in Philly this year, I absolutely would have gone and just gotten that Mark photo with him.
0: Really? Now you wouldn't do the East Rutherford one?
1: Uh, be it's close. only two hours.
0: It's the same distance to Philly.
1: When is that? I just had it at my fingertips and now it's gone.
0: Well, you'd close that box, didn't you? On your mm-hmm. computer.
1: It's the weekend of May seventeenth. Mm, I'm not allowed to leave my house on May nineteenth for various
0: reasons, but uh, maybe maybe we'll go for your birthday, an early birthday present.
1: Whenever my birthday is, sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. I'll I, I'll 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 run it up to Flagpole and see what's going on. That's still right. like five
0: months, four no. months away. I know. I just thought when you said, "Oh, it's like Philly," I'm like, Eath, Rust, Eath, "East." Rutherford is not that far away. Mm-hmm.
1: We'll see about that. We'll see about I, that. Gotcha. So, uh, some new convent, er, convention, some more new exclusive comic books that DC is putting out, but not at comic book stores because they hate us.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that the reason
1: they're putting these out? Not because sure. they're trying to get comic books into the hands of folks uh, who don't read comic books, and obviously it's working. Uh, you know, we had talked many, many months ago Uh, About the Walmart books, where it's those 100-page giants, which are primarily reprints of stuff with a lot of new materials in there by Top Flight creators. Uh, They are changing some of the books around. The Teen Titans book is becoming just Titans. Uh, Justice League is becoming Wonder Woman. Batman Superman is continuing. Uh, They're adding a Flash and a Swamp Thing book. One would assume because Flash is a uh, TV show, and another one I assume Swamp Thing. One, it's a way to get like horror stuff out there, but also yeah. because they're doing the the uh, Swamp Thing TV show on their little
0: digital platform. That's that's yeah. to me the reason. And mm-hmm. they have they they have some good Swamp Thing stories, I believe. I think that might help.
1: Right, and that's going to have original story by Tim Seeley and Mike Perkins. Flash is gonna have an all-new story by Gail Simone, which is pretty neat.
0: Yep. So you're gonna be picking that up, Joe?
1: Well, uh, if my local Walmart actually had them, I know you have your uh, scam person who gets your books for you. I might have to have the. I might have to talk to you to talk to that person to talk to that person. Six people removed, of course uh mm-hmm. about some other stuff there as well, but that's for another conversation for another day. Yep. Uh the Titans one is gonna have uh new stuff by Dan Juergens, and the Wonder Woman stuff is gonna have uh new Wonder Woman stories by Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti, Chad Harden, and Tom Dorenick.
0: Local, you know, fave of the show, uh, Tom Dorenik. And also, it's going to be that story, is a lot of people don't know, is that's going to be the second half of the Wonder Woman story that was in the Justice Leagues. Oh, okay. By- Yes, it's going to be the same story, but they're just rebranding uh, the book because obviously as you're talking about, there's a Flash uh, TV show and there's a Swamp Thing TV show coming out. There will be a Wonder Woman movie in theaters soon. So you, you want that to change that. There was a Justice League movie out. Now there's going to be a Wonder Woman movie. So they, it looks like they're going to have other than Batman Superman, which is their big properties all the time. They're going to have things that, you know, are constantly, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Doom Patrol one soon. Because of the, the Doom Patrol that's going to be on the streaming server. That's true. Uh, but I, I, I give them props for putting
1: it behind, you know, an equally quirky, as quirky as a product or as a Swamp Thing as opposed to Doom Patrol. You know what I mean? Right. I think people might remember the name Swamp Thing from those movies from the 80s and to a lesser extent the TV show from the 90s.
0: And the cartoons and the action right. figures.
1: Where a lot of people probably don't know what a Doom Patrol is.
0: Well, they will after, it, you know, it goes viral on the, the streaming service that they yes. have.
1: Now, another retailer is getting in on these 100-page giants. But the rub here is, one, it's a 100-page giant of all new material. And two, it's based on a toy line. So Target is going to be having a 100-page giant of DC Primal Age. We had talked about these a while back. Uh, as these are essentially what if the DC superheroes were He-Man figures.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, outside of, uh, here and there on the old Amazon, I've yet to see these figures out in the wild anywhere. Which leads me to believe I will probably never see this comic book anywhere out in the wild.
0: Do you go to Target a lot?
1: I do. And again, okay. a lot. I don't leave my house a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I would say that I'm at Target. I was, I'm at Target more than I am at other places. Um, I'll make a point to swing by a Target and a Walmart maybe, like, once a week.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Looking... And I'll, I'll be honest, primarily looking for random Pokemon stuff for my kid. Right. But these Pokemon things, uh, are usually along the same line of thought where you would find something like this. And I don't... You know, I've never seen these figures at a Target. I've never seen the comics... At my local Walmart, but we've discussed that till I'm blue in the face. But the problem with this is the fact that it is an original book, and it's written by Marv Wolfman, Jerry Ordway, Louise Simonson, uh, with with art by Scott Koblish, art by Jerry Ordway, Phil Winslade, who hasn't done anything in, like, forever, Brent Keith Anderson, Pollard. Carl Kessel, Tom Derenick again, working on these... <laughs>
0: He's, like, the king of, like, KFC and big box store comics. Oh. And, hey, man, those are the books that move, you know? They are. I wonder. I I never really, you know, talk money with him. But I'm wondering, like, because, like, you know, royalties and stuff, like, the numbers that they move just because, like, Walmart, you know, bought those. Those aren't, like, those aren't, like, returnable. To DC, So it's not like they're not pre like if they bought 500,000, I could be wrong in all this. I could be talking out, you know, but it, it, like those just sell. And I know there is like a royalty numbers scheme at the opportunity at D.C. Yes. So, so I don't know like what he gets paid, but I hope I hope like, you know, you know, it, you know, it puts new tires on the car. If you know
1: what I'm ne- and Next time I see Tom, I'm going to ask, I'm going to get to the heart of the matter. And I'm going to ask him what his net worth is
0: based oh, on all he, these books that he's doing. That is true. The hardest working man in show business. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, uh, like I said, if you have a local target and I, you, the listener, have a local target um, and you see this comic book out and about, contact me. I know we've had a listener in the past, out of the goodness of his heart, go ahead and purchase some of the Walmart ones for us when we were lamenting that we weren't able to find them in a lot of places. But don't just buy it and send it to me. Contact me first, and then we'll we'll work out a deal ahead of time so that I can get this book. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, I don't see it popping up. Like I said, if the toys aren't at my local Target, I don't see this comic book showing up at my local Target. I go through the toy section at my local Target, and it's like... A tornado hit a ghost town.
0: (laughs) Well, maybe they're just so popular there's none left.
1: Uh Uh-huh. That's what it is. You don't know. Could be. So, moving along to comic books that you could get in uh, your local comic store, eventually. Uh, We (laughs) talked last week about how Doomsday Clock number nine was going to be late. And wouldn't you know who won the pony, Todd? That late date has been moved back to yet another late date.
0: Oh, they love the late dates so much they want more of them. Mm -hmm.
1: And now, we we had discussed it then, and Todd has decided to put uh, put me on uh, responsibility for this on my notes that we take for the show, where Doomsday Clock 1 came out, not this past November, two months ago, but (laughs) the previous (laughs) November, and then we did some sort of Doomsday Fish Clock math. (laughs) <laughs> that if it stays on the schedule that it currently is on, that the last issue should be out by August. And Todd feels confident that it will. Now, I'm not going to hold Todd to some sort of ridiculous thing that's going to... This book is actually going to finish in August. Uh,
0: I thought we said November was the over-under.
1: Right. You say it's going to finish in November. I say it will not finish until after November.
0: So I get the full month of November. That's correct. Okay. I still say that's possible.
1: Being the fact that two weeks in a row this book has been pushed back, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't see it happening. I'm not going to go crazy and say that it's going to not make the calendar year 2019, but it ain't coming out. It's going to take over two years for this 12-issue miniseries to come out.
0: What do you think this is, Sandman Overture? What do you think this is, Secret Wars? What do you think this is, Civil War?
1: What do you think this is, Watchmen? (laughs) Actually, they do.
0: Oh, that came out on time, though.
1: Uh, no, it actually didn't.
0: The original Watchmen.
1: The original Watchmen had a couple issues that were delayed, but
0: by how was, much? Though,
1: the, but it's not like it was like month delays.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was like literal, like week delays.
0: Oh, that was probably the the, the post office that or was there. For-
1: it could have been like ship, like issues at the printer or whatever it is. But I do know for a fact that. It was supposed to be in a monthly schedule, and I think the 12 issues took 15 months to come out. Wow. But that was a different time in comics. <laughs> you know, this was when, and we've discussed this on the show before, where your big end books, like your Batman, your Superman, your Spiderman's mans you know, those companies, it's like, there needs to be an issue of Spider-Man, except for the summer when they would double ship. There needs to be an issue of Spider-Man on the shelves every month. Of mm-hmm. Amazing Spider-Man every month. And if the guy who's working on the current story isn't ready with his book, that will just be pushed back to another issue. We've got 17 issues of Amazing Spider-Man in the can that we could just slug in here where they need to go.
0: If it's not, if a reprint issue or, a uh, uh, you know, like a, a, a generic story we had laying around.
1: It it was, well, it wasn't a, re- it, like during that time, like the, the numbering of like the mid-100s up to the mid-200s. It was once it started getting into, like, the later 200s, like, 280-ish, like, actually, ironically, right around the time of Secret War, (laughs) where they introduced the black suit and all that sort of thing, and then, like, the popularity of Spider-Man really jumped up, but there was that period of time kind of, like, post-Gwen Stacy, pre-black suit Spider-Man, where it's like, there's an issue every month, if you're not ready, we've got... A bunch in the drawer that we could just slot in Right. as a fill-in issue of just, like, an unannounced, we interrupt your regular scheduled Spider-Man story for this amazing tale of blah, 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 right? Right. Now, it didn't happen a ton. It's not like this is something that happened, like, monthly, but they were ready for it because there needs to be an issue of Amazing Spider-Man out every month on the newsstands.
0: I'm with you. And I would say though, I would say talk to our retailer, cause he'd know, cause I know he's mentioned a few times that in that time, that if they couldn't get, you know, uh, a, a one of their, you know, uh, just file drawer copies of a story, they would slide some reprints in there too. That was, that was Jim Shooter. That was like, especially at Marvel. It was, and it's one of the famous things that like a lot of these people who are having like rock star you know, mentalities that they were becoming bigger, like as creators. And he was like, I don't care who you are. Like we put a book out every month and there was a lot of turmoil at Marvel over that. And that's one of the reasons a lot of like the creators didn't like Jim Shooter because he put his foot down. He's like, I'll, I'll go around you. I'll get somebody else. Mm-hmm. I need that book out now. And, but Jim, as we always say at the shop too, uh, Jim Shooter made <laughs> Marvel a lot of money.
1: Now, again, it would be remiss if we didn't rag on DC for their late books. We'll come back to get them in a little bit. <laughs> uh, but consistently, <laughs> I, I have to mention this because this is not the first time that it's come up, but I have to mention it only because both uh, Iron Man and Fantastic Four are late. And these two books have been regularly late since Dan Slott took them over. Usually like an extra like two to three weeks in between issues, right? I don't know if there's something going on with Dan Slot or the artist that he's using. You know, he doesn't have a social media presence the same way that he is uh, in the past, but no one knows what's going on. But it just seems odd that it's these two books that are very high profile books but both being written by Dan Slott that are regularly late since he's taken those books over.
0: And the one that boggles me and not just because I'm a fan is the FF one because like I'm not, you know, it's Dan Slott and it's, with the, the the Iron Man one, there's been an Iron Man book for how many years now? Like it's it like clockwork, we have an Iron Man book. But I you just think that they would want that FF book. Like that was pushed as the return, like you know, of the first family of the Marvel Universe. Like. I don't know. You just think if it was artists that they would do fill-ins, you know what I mean, and and, and do do stuff because you'd think you'd want that book out after all these years. You wouldn't want that m- missing shipping because you, you brought it back after all this time. I don't know. That's, that one just boggles me. Right.
1: I don't know. I, I, I wish Dan had a social media presence again just so he could explain this and then He's go He's back away.
0: on Twitter. He's back on Twitter he is yes i've seen him a, a bunch of things talking about stuff like oh. hey like ff is this like or here's you know uh is it aaron cooter who's doing the art in it like galactus versus you know uh dr doom who's gonna win he, he's back on social media maybe that's why the books are late Hmm.
1: look at that he is back on twitter
0: look at me dropping news on this show
1: now, there is two dance slots on Twitter. One that is verified and one that is locked. Uh-oh. Oh, I don't know. Hmm. All right. I assume one is the real one and the other one might be a faux-faux account.
0: Yeah, you, you know you've made it when you have a faux account. Mm-hmm.
1: But just kind of a quick peruse uh, of his Twitter. There's no real announcement as to why it's it's a very we, we talked about this here <laughs> a couple weeks ago it's very much like how mark wade's twitter is it's very sanitized with a little bit more um what's the word i'm looking for with a, well again the fact that uh mark wade's twitter has zero remarks where these are just like hey Uh, here's these two issues of this storyline. I did an amazing Spider-Man, uh, Breivort got sick of bagging on me about the vulture and challenged me to write a good story with him, you know? So it's like a little bit of commentary on these things, uh, from him, but that's really all there is. Um, couple bit of information about how to submit your stuff about some doctor guy with a blue box or something i'm not really sure what that is (laughs) Uh picture of a guy with a piece of celery on his jacket i don't know what (laughs) that is but yeah there's nothing just perusing here real quick as to why the books might be late
0: you never know
1: you never know no oh well uh last but not least in the news section, of course, as the April solicitations are coming out. I know Todd had mentioned and shocked me when he revealed to me that DC is kind of specifically not putting this stuff out online. Which means they're harder to find when they come out online and they come out in drips and drabs and that's really all you get. Right. And I really hate that because the people don't include the most important information, which is the dates that stuff come out they just like, yeah, here's what's coming out in April. It's like, that's great. Everything's just coming out on one day or, nope, April, thanks.
0: But you don't need to know that for a few weeks anyway, so you're good.
1: Exactly. Uh, but I, I would be remiss to mention this, of course. Uh, so they announced some of the new collections that are coming out. And I want to draw attention to <laughs> the Lucifer Omnibus number 1, The Absolute Art of Adam Hughes, Which is going to include, uh, everything from the previously released Art of Adam Hughes with a hundred additional covers and new commentaries, Outsiders by Judd Winnick, uh, book number one and reproduction of Hitman. Yay. Now, Todd, I ask you, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: which one of these are actually going to see print and which ones are going to be canceled mid- collecting old stories
0: all right get a new post-it note for your computer joe i got it already um i believe the hitman is gonna happen i believe the lucifer is gonna happen because it was a tv show they're all gonna happen they're all gonna happen. now whether the omnibus will be messed up or not that's a whole nother story right so that's uh,
1: i'm assuming the omnibus will be messed up it'll be misprinted a page will be out of order a word (laughs) balloon will be missing something Mm-hmm. No, see, what I'm saying is, I don't know, like, the Adam Hughes one I put a question mark by is because between now and – because now and when this book is supposed to come out, who knows if Adam Hughes is going to take some sort of high-profile gig somewhere else and they're going to cancel this on him so they don't have to cut him a check. Uh,
0: I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. I think Adam is free, like he's so big for covers and stuff. Like you're not going to see him do much like of an interior. He did that FF, you know, story in the, in the, as the 650 slash five Fantastic Four issue, but he's a cover guy. He's a pinup guy. He's a two or three pages, you know, here or there guy, but he's so big that he's not going to sign an exclusive contract somewhere. So I believe that that's going to happen. I don't know, Uncle Walt's got some deep pockets. They do, but I think, you know, he's I don't know. I think he's doing alright. Now, I the I, I would say
1: that the Lucifer Omnibus not only will come out, again, whether it's printed correctly or not, is another story. Um, but I don't think that the outsiders or the hitman books will be completely published from beginning to end
0: i think the hitman one will now the outsider one i don't know how far they'll get because i don't remember how far Winnick went and blah 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 like that's a whole that's a whole thing i don't see that selling but in my head i'm dream i'm dream you know booking as you kids say the hitman because i feel like we're two or three shows away on the DC streaming of getting a hitman TV show. Hmm. And that's, and they're gun, they're, they're hitting the ground early with it to have the books out there for when they, like, cause you could do a Titans, uh, you know, you could do a Titans thing and they have tons of trades out there and you could do uh, a swamp thing cause they have tons of trades already out there. They have the Allen stuff, but when, you know, you're going to do a Hitman, you, you want to get people remembering Hitman again. And that's why I think, and I think that would be one of those shows that we found out that the streaming, I haven't seen it personally, but that the. The the streaming is like a little darker, the Titans book, you know, sticking knives and necks and and you know, uh and all that and cursing and stuff. I think Hitman would be perfect for what they're trying to do on the streaming service. That's the one that you can have so much fun with. So that's all.
1: I again there's nothing on the horizon. I know the scalped one started because there was talk of the scalp TV show. And then that got canned because the TV show got canned.
0: And Aaron, and Aaron Jason Aaron is over at Marvel full time, so yes,
1: right. Um, I'm still going to bank on neither one of those are going to see their like their their way through the full collection. Yeah.
0: I agree with because because then you have to go. What's the full collection of the Outsiders? Rob? Mm-hmm. You know, like because I are claiming discuss-
1: it's Outsiders by Judd Winnick book one.
0: Alright, so you have to say it would be all the Outsider stuff by Judd Winnick at least.
1: Right, and everything that kind of crossed over into that. Right, I get which, that. Which again, let me check.
0: So I know they did, uh, there was like the Outsiders checkmate crossover by him and stuff like that. But I, I know, but even like with stuff like, uh, other people other than Jeff Johns and like Mark Wade, a lot of like people stuff doesn't get traded all the way through cuz the quality isn't you know so, like solid for like their complete run. So like to me that's a little different sometimes when you have a finite like character like Hitman it's a little different because it usually it, they usually try to do that the same way like where you do other stuff. It's like, we'll get it all out, because the character's dead, and there's not going to be any more after him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but go ahead. Right, so... I'd like to see a Starman TV show, too. But anyway, that's neither here Now, nor
1: there. the reason for this is because I guess, what is it, the... Um, uh, the uh What is the... No, I don't think is the Young Justice show that's on the streaming thing, uh, Outsiders or?
0: No, Young Justice wasn't Outsiders.
1: No, no, no. Um,
0: Crossover, you mean? Or no, something? no.
1: Um, so there's the Young Justice cartoon, right? Right. And the current season that's running on the 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 streaming network is called Young Justice Outsiders.
0: Oh, that might be why they're doing it.
1: Right, so that's probably why they're doing it, but the, the the caveat being the specific Judd Winnick stuff, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, well, there's not a lot of great, truly great outsider stuff.
1: Right, but this is another one of those things where one would have assumed that this would have been stuff that would have been on the shelves as the show was coming out. Yeah. Maybe? Maybe. Uh, I'm just trying to see where his run went on that.
0: It's the only other really famous outsider run I, that I can think of. was, I think it was the Mike Barr run, you know, back in the 80s, and that was it. Right.
1: I'm trying not to have a ton of dead air here, but I have to look this up. It's going no. to tell me if Which... it doesn't.
0: I know how you get when you're like a dog with a bone.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, he did. Mike Barr, I'm just looking at it now. He did Outsiders Volume 2, 1 to 24 in the 90s, and then he did 1 to 28 in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So he did a lot. He actually did.
1: Right, so he, uh, Judd Winnick, he did it for what would have been four years. So that could be a couple, two, three books on that, but I don't think that thing's getting a full run, you know? That'll get canceled before they collect the whole thing, and Hitman will get canceled before they recollect the whole thing. Oh, and that's another thing. It looks as though that this is not a restructure of the issues, as that's another thing that we talked about, where they'll do a collection... And then they'll redo the collection, and they'll reorder what issues are in what collection.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I know that because this will be the third time around that they're printing Hitman.
0: Right, and it'll be the the, the second time it's completed, as far as I'm. Right.
1: So, I'll be keeping an eye on those to see if and when those get canceled.
0: Mm-hmm. You're the you're the long box heroes historian. Yes. You're
1: keeping the histories of I'm all these just, books. Listen, I'm just trying to keep everybody honest.
0: I know, you're a, you're an honest keeper.
1: Mm. I'm trying to keep something. So, there are some conventions this weekend, Todd. Yes. Uh, let's move on to that. News is done. Uh, there is something called the STCE Con in Laredo, Texas. Uh, James O'Barr, Mike Grell, and world wrestling entertainer Goldust are going to be at that one. There's the Frankfurt Con in Frankfurt, Kentucky. Uh, Marv Wolfman is going to be there, as well as world wrestling entertainers Greg the Hammer Valentine and King Kong Bundy, star of uh Meredith Children and the film Moving.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. Wasn't uh, he in uh, The Princess Bride, too?
1: No, you're thinking of Andre.
0: Ah, it was a big wrestling guy. I knew yes. it was something.
1: Then there's the Orlando Toy and Comic-Con, which is, you know, that's going to be more your real straight-up comic book uh, type thing. No media guests, as it were, but it's a loaded lineup on uh, Neil Adams, Ryan Stegman, Donnie Cates, Ryan Otley, Clay Man, Tyler Kirkham, just to name a few. And then there's the POW-Con in Brooklyn, New York, which, again, it came up as a comic book invention. There wasn't a lot of comic book type folks that I recognized from the list. Uh, a lot of Power Rangers are going to be there.
0: I'm uh, not a Power Ranger guy, so I'll take your word for it.
1: But I bring it up only because there's someone from the world of sports and entertainment there, Todd, that you would appreciate. Okay. And that would be ECW superstar Joel Gertner.
0: Huh? <gasps> I know that guy. I hope his neck is feeling better. I
1: right. Well, his publicity photo does still have him wearing the neck brace, so I'm going to say no.
0: Oh, uh, too bad.
1: So all the links to this stuff will be in the show notes, as will uh, information about the Soon-to-be-named network over at Soon-to-be-named network.com, Soon-to-be-named network.tumblr.com. Uh, where all the shows in our little conglomeration of like-minded types of folks and individuals and so forth uh, – all the shows that we put on or show up on or whatever it is that we do, they all appear over there. Uh, and the, the oddball shows when they folks go on other shows, they have to remind me because I forget. And that's where you can find information, of course, about this show. Uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark, which has information about the first episode of Al's Gals, our <laughs> yearly running theme for this year where we talk about famous TV shows and their little-known spin-offs, but most notably the ones that were backdoor pilots, where it's like, hey, here's our friend so-and-so. You love him so much. Here's this show that he's on that's happening right now. Uh, of course, we have those shows. We have Podvacacy and Wrestling on the Edge of Forever. Podvocacy has kind of become their after Darkest Show, which is them kind of catching up, doing their stuff, and then Wrestling on the Edge of Forever is them uh, talking about an episode of Star Trek and a famous wrestling match from uh, the world of sports and entertainment. Profane Arguments, Puzzle Warriors 3, and if I'm forgetting anything, I'm sure I'll hear about it. Oh, eight at odds with wrestling, of course. I usually, I usually don't like to plug that show on this show. That's where me and uh, our mutual friend Adam talk about the week that was in the world of professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling we'll be talking about the preview for the upcoming Royal Rumble match, as well as the most recent episode of the Edge and Christian show. Which I've said this before, Todd, I think it would be a show that you would enjoy, uh, just because they did like a Game of Thrones thing this past week. Mm -hmm. And there was also a skit which put the wig work in Legends of Tomorrow to Shame.
0: Oh, so you're saying highbrow stuff. Oh, yes. That's my wheelhouse, son.
1: Very much so. Um, again, all this will be over in the show notes uh, and, of course, over at soon-to-be-named network.com, soon-to-be-named network.tumblr.com. Uh, digital sales and freebies. The Image, Criminal, and More sale that we had talked about last week is still going on. Uh, Image is also having a sale on stuff for... The book Deadly Class, because I guess there's a TV show about that out as well. I know it was recommended to us to watch, but I don't read the comic book. I I, I read the comic book a little bit. It didn't really grab me. I know the TV show's getting some rave reviews. I don't know. What what are your thoughts on that one, Todd?
0: I only knew of, of the fact that there was a comic called Deadly Class. I have no idea what it's about. There's a TV show. I never really had any interest in it, so I was like... Uh, I don't know if if I'm going to watch it, and I don't know. It's like one of those things that I have no desire to do it, so I don't think it would be fun to talk about if I have no desire to do it, if that makes any sense. It does, and
1: not to get too, too far into it, it's done by an artist who I like actually very much, Wesley Craig, who actually – excuse me – uh did the one piece of original art uh, that I have hanging up on me wall not that it's the only piece but it's the one piece that I have from a fill-in issue that he did on Guardians of the Galaxy way back when in the Abnett and Landing days uh, but it's also written by uh, Rick Remender who uh, I don't know he's uh, not a huge fan uh, he writes good to okay comic books but uh I don't know. He's one of the few. He's one of the few people that uh, their online stuff has uh, really stuck with me. Right, In and
0: I. Way. I got you. And as a writer, I, you know, I'll be honest. He his stuff is mostly missed with me. Mm. So now that I know that's the writer, I'd be like, Nah, I don't want to kind of read or watch that. Yep. Uh,
1: Marvel is having a sale on stuff entitled Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man because they just relaunched, uh, that written by, uh, Tom Taylor, right? Yes. And I know you've been reading that. Uh, it's surprising to see more Spider Man books on your list than my <laughs> list, but we'll get to that later as well. Because you no made one's egregious... more
0: shocked than me.
1: Right. You, you, you made an egregious error this past week that we'll get into. And then DC is having a sale <laughs> entitled Girl Power Sale. Which is all your favorite ladies of the DC Comics superhero universe. From your Batgirls, your Ravens, your Catwomans, your Harley Quinns, your Womans. If you like any of those characters, uh, I'm sure there's something in there for you. Ooh, just as I look here, uh, the Greg Rucka uh, Batwoman thing that ran in Detective Comics is collected. You can get that whole thing for six bucks. That's a steal. Uh they have a bunch of that early uh Chuck Dixon, Greg Land, Birds of Prey stuff in there. And I know we don't, but I'm sure other people like to give uh Greg Land a a tough time for some of his art these days. Go check out his art back then. It was a lot different. <laughs> uh but yeah, there's a ton of ton of stuff uh in that sale and there's even some uh y stuff with uh the Cinderella stuff from Fables with i zombie stuff. So it's a really cool interesting sale. A lot of different stuff. Sadly, uh Batman Dark Knight returns and Batman Year 1 does not fit the qualifications for this sale sadly.
0: <laughs> I would like to see the Girl Power uh Batman Year 1. <laughs>
1: Catwoman's in it, but it doesn't it didn't count.
0: True. Very
1: true. Uh, The new freebies uh, this week would be uh, the first issue of an Angela Queen of Hell miniseries that, I'll be honest with you, I'm unfamiliar with. uh, But it is relatively recent, within the last three or four years, written by Marguerite Bennett. There is a Black Widow number one, and there's been a lot of Black Widow number ones over the last couple years of them trying to capitalize on... What have you. But I think this was the one that you were a big fan of, uh, with the Phil Noto art. Yes. From a couple of years back. Uh Doom War number one, which was a big Doom Black Panther crossover before Black Panther became the big Oscar nominee that he is, all uh highfalutin <laughs> and whatnot.
0: Mm-hmm. That, that that that's that scrappy underdog Doctor Doom
1: versus Black right. Panther. And, uh, an, inv- a new Invaders miniseries, uh, the first issue of that, uh, from the early 2000s. Again, I'm unfamiliar with, but it has Scott Collins covers, so they look really nice. But again, those, uh, four books that I mentioned there are the new freebies being offered by Marvel this week. All included in the show notes again, of course. Uh, let's get into what we read this past week, Todd. Would
0: you like me to take over once again, Joe?
1: Yes, I think we're good just talking about one book. Okay. Let's, Since we've had a big, heavy show and we've still got a lot more to go.
0: Well, we'll, you, we, you, we have to find. we'll go with Fantastic Four number six. Right. By, the book
1: both of us were most looking forward to coming out this week.
0: Yes. Uh, the book we were both looking forward to coming out this week by Dan Slott and art by Aaron Cooter, would you say? That's how you say it. Um, uh, first part of the Herald of Doom storyline. Basically, as we last left it, uh, Galactus had landed, landed in Latveria and Doom put out the word that, Hey, like, I'm going to handle this. Anybody who comes to, you know, violates my airspace, you know, I will deal with you under the pain of death. Naturally, the Fantastic Four says, uh, well, we're going to Latveria. So they go and along the way, uh, Doom's, you know, fighting Galactus off with his doombots and his new herald and he realizes that uh his airspace has been violated he realizes who it is he is none too happy you know that they're there apparently um, he sends his herald off we find out that her name is Victorious which i thought was fantastic um naturally Johnny's in love with her already because you know he's a hot blooded young man. Um and in the end we end up seeing that more of like maybe there's a plan here from Doctor Doom and things seem to go awry, but maybe he this was what he wanted all the way. Um, as I read this book, I was very worried about Dan Slot doing a Doctor Doom uh story. I was like, uh, because he's, you know, he's known to be goofy and fun and stuff like that. I'm like, you have to be careful with Victor. And he had his goofy and fun with, you know, Ben in this issue and and Johnny. And there's some touching stuff with like Reed and Sue saving each other. And Ben, you know, gets, you know, once again he gets embarrassed by, you know, falling out of the sky from the Fantastic Car. But Doom, being Doom, and Dancelot riding. Doctor Doom dialogue like I will defeat, you know, uh, Galactus the way, you know, it should be. Doom does it again, a lot of stuff. We get to hear him call Reed, we get to hear him say Richards and right there I'm all in. Um Dan really nailed Doctor Doom for me in a way that I we haven't seen in years and I've I've absolutely like I love this issue. It's, it's, it's a homecoming for me with Fantastic Four. You have Galactus, you have Doctor Doom. The arts, you know, is, 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 looks really good. It's not, uh, uh, Pacelli or, uh, Adam Hughes or some of the other people, but I enjoyed it. And Doom's in his classic costume. I, I can't ask more for, from a Fantastic Four book. As a, a long time fan, I loved this issue. Uh, what did you think, Joe? Uh,
1: I thought it was really good. Um, I know, I saw people online saying, and this is what I get, and, for looking at, and this is gonna, sound really strange, but this is what I get for looking up what certain people say about certain comic books. Okay. Their big thing about this was, this was, a, I saw, like, one person say it, and then I saw, like, dozens of people agreeing with them, and I'm just like, ugh, this is why... <laughs> this, this is why I have to tread light lightly when I go into comic book Twitter, you know, right. Um, that they were saying after, you know, all these months of hype and the big return of fantastic four, this issue just puts fantastic four back as a run. Like just as like a ho-hum regular book doesn't mean anything anymore. It's just like back where it used to be old status quo sort of stuff. And I, I, I wholeheartedly disagree But I'm just like, well, apparently there's other people that believe this as well, but I'm like, are they wrong or am I wrong? And I'm like, no, no, they're definitely wrong. It's the children who are wrong. It's the children who are wrong, right. So this is, I thought, was a very good book. As you mentioned, it's a continuation of the previous issue where Doom is still battling with Galactus. I love the way that the battle was going on, I guess. (laughs) Right. And obviously, you know, it's Herald of Doom, and Doom's in the cover, and it's Doom, 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 but a lot of this more so is now of uh, Victorious. And every time that I read the name Victorious, I imagine it being said in the same cadence as the name of uh, one of your favorite professional wrestlers, Rick Rude's son, Bob Rude, <laughs> when they would say glorious for him when he would come out,
0: no? <laughs> right.
1: All right. Now, the other rib with this, the other problem with this was that caused, and again, this is a a very Joe-specific issue. As I had mentioned last week, um, you know, it was Fantastic Four week, so they did a bunch of Fantastic Four stuff in Marvel Puzzle Quest. They put God Doom in the game, all these big crazy powers, and then they also put Victorious in the game, right? Mm -hmm. They They put Victorious in the game before Victorious was, like, what she is here in this book.
0: Does that mean her first appearance is your 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 puzzle quest? Well, no, because they, they reveal here
1: that her first appearance was in the first issue of this, where she shows up as one of the people that helped Doom, you know, get out of whatever he was in when she's kind of retelling her origin story. But the first appearance of her in costume technically would be the game. <laughs> so there's a lot of folks that play the game that aren't, like, current on comic books. Like, they have, the you know, a very good to better understanding of comic books. Then you're a run-of-the-mill jamoke off the street, so they're like, Joe, who is this victorious? And I'm like, huh, I'm Buffaloed. <laughs> I don't know who this is. <laughs> like, a full week before the issue came out, you know? And I, I assume, you know, she's her thing is that she's Doom's Herald, and this is called Herald of Doom, and I'm like, okay, she's probably going to be in this issue, but who knows with the way comic books come out these days, you know?
0: Was Fantastic Four 6 late? No. Uh, yes. And so maybe it was supposed to be together at the same time.
1: Or at the very least, like the book was supposed to be out for like I don't know a week maybe before she appears in this game and
0: exactly. But you know, Marvel Puzzle Quest can't like they have the code written that it has to come out, and the Matrix couldn't handle you know well, any
1: change. So I'll say this about Marvel Puzzle Quest Matrix, if you will, <laughs> um, it's a fine game and it's a fine company, but <laughs> last year when but? Mar- la- but last year when Marvel uh, upped the release of Infinity War by a week. Uh-huh. They had no Infinity War Thanos-themed events in the game mm-hmm. because they're like, oh man, Marvel moving the release up the a week really messed up our schedule, so we just scrapped everything. Or, wow. we didn't do anything, and we used that as an excuse not to do anything.
0: Makes sense.
1: Makes sense. But, um, this... Felt like the old Fantastic Four, but in a great way. I love no, the way that all the characters were written. I love the way that they interplayed with each other. Um, I really like the way Slot is r- writing Sue. Mm-hmm. She feels very fully formed and very much to be a much larger, like, Reed is like fourth man down to the totem pole in this book.
0: Yeah, Reed is a true straight man in this.
1: Right, I feel you know Johnny's always Johnny, plus or minus one. Ben is always Ben, plus one or two, and <laughs> you know Sue typically gets like the short shrift when a lot of folks take over a Fantastic Four book. But I feel as though Dan Slott is laying the groundwork for some big Sue stuff coming up on his run.
0: I wouldn't doubt if it had something like Namor stuff coming down the pipe, you know.
1: Sure, but I'm sure it's Namor stuff, or I'm sure it's going to be like you know whatever Reed and Doom are doing, and it's the, it's Sue who's the one who resolves the issue because Reed's science and Johnny's hot headedness and Ben's Benness doesn't fix things, and it's Sue finally who's the one who fixes the problem, you know right and, th- and so- it's kind of like because t- you know she's a scientist as well she's on the same level as you know Reed like obviously not what is Reed like top five smartest people in the Marvel universe like remember there's like that category like Amadeus chose number seven right and, and Doom is His whatever daughter- and Reed is whatever but Sue's up there man
0: yeah, now it's Reed's daughter. I think is number one.
1: Right, but you get what I'm saying. Like, no, I'm
0: with you. Sue's with you. just
1: as smart as your 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 John, your your Reed's and your other top tier alleged smart people in the Marvel universe. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. I, I think there's some big stuff coming for Sue uh, in the coming year in, in this coming run.
0: And I'm not sure what you mean, like, I don't get what you mean by the, not you, but when you were telling me about what the people say, like, oh, the status quo is, is, is there, it's just a regular Fantastic Four book. I'm like, and I, and I'm, and I would almost take that as a compliment because there hasn't been one in forever, Mm. and here we are again, and this is what I want. I, I don't want, you know, stale stories, but I want, Doom is the leader of Latveria. Galactus wants to eat our planet. (laughs) Like, what's? I don't know. I don't want Galactus the life bringer in the Ultimate Universe. I don't. Do you remember that at all? Well, when he was got shunted over during that cataclysm, garbage or whatever, he became, or I believe he became the color orange, like instead of purple, and he brought life. He was instead of the you know the, the the great devourer, he was the life bringer. He did. I'm like. No, like, that's great in doses, but in the end, I want my books. I'm an old man, Joe, and I want things the way I remember them. (laughs) And Fantastic Four is doing that for me, but in a good way. So I'm not sure what people are complaining about. Maybe I'll have to, like, hunt that down on Twitter and go down that rabbit hole. Nah, don't waste your time. Take a nap (laughs) instead, Todd. I will.
1: So, again, we had a lot of news this week, so, you know, that'll be the only book that we're talking about from last week. But let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday around 5.30 Eastern Time or so, we put up the poll post. There's a link to a link of all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally. However it is that you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out this week. Now, uh, Todd and I, as always, are attempting to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, Todd does have one correct guess ahead of me, and there is another IHOP dinner at stake with this.
0: Ooh, IHOP. Now, we have I to figure a, out our bet on Doomsday Clock, too, but anyway, go
1: ahead. I don't know. I think it's just uh, – we'll, we've got at least another seven months before we really need to put some uh, stakes <laughs> on that one. Right. So I I do want to mention, of course, Todd did start the show, so he will go first. But you don't know how much I was shaking, Todd. And we bring this up as uh, I I, I learned that Dan Slott is back on Twitter. When you sent me over your list and you had one of the books that you were getting this week as Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man without the hyphen between spider and man.
0: (sighs) Did I have that? I sent it without this.
1: I was embarrassed for you.
0: Oh my goodness he there are certain people who dislike when you do that Joe
1: when you put the when you put the hyphen in his name like it appears on his comic and has appeared on his comic for the last six you know sixty years
0: all right, Joe I'll keep that in mind
1: keep that in mind it's that is a trigger for me
0: oh okay <laughs> I tell you what a few triggers are for me, but that's for the other show now right um. But uh, So I get, I get to pick now, is that, is that what we're doing? Yes. Is the book you are looking forward to most Guardians of the Galaxy number one?
1: Yes, uh, that is the book I'm most looking forward to coming out this week. And I think that's also the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week as well. Yes, it is. Right. Uh, Donnie Cates uh, taking over the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. they have been kind of hyping this up of everyone who's ever been a Guardians of the Galaxy type or galaxy type or cosmic type. In the Marvel Universe is going to be in this book. And uh, Donny Cate's on a hot streak, man. And them giving him the Guardians of the Galaxy thing, uh, I think, is still a big deal. You know, whatever has gone on with the movie franchise and stuff, it still, I think, has enough cachet. And for them to give him this, I think, says a lot about what Marvel thinks of the franchise, what Marvel thinks of Donny Cate. And like I said, I-, I haven't read a ton by him. In the short amount of time that he's been on our collective radar, but I don't, I haven't read a bad thing by him yet.
0: Right. And is Guardians of the Galaxy one of those titles that no matter what it is, you will, you'll give it a a try just on the name alone because of those abnett and landing issues?
1: Right. Every time that they do a new creative team, a new whatever, uh, and this is, and this is the other thing, like typically, uh, there's certain, Books, characters, whatever, that is gonna get at least one issue from me. Gardens of the Galaxy is the type of book, like, you're good for four. I'll give mm-hmm. you four issues. So you got, you got a lot of rope to hang yourself with.
0: Yep. There's a few titles for that for me. I'm like a Suicide Squad man with that. It's like, just, uh, just alone on that name, it'll get you a few issues. And when I saw Gardens of the Galaxy, I was like, mm, yeah, this is, even if it wasn't Shaw and, uh, and uh the 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 two creators, I'd be like, I'm all over this.
1: Yeah, the two the two biggies for me, of course, are Gardens of the Galaxy because that Abnett and Landing run and uh Clinton Barton Hawkeye. Oh. Anytime that he's the lead of something or the featured character in something, or he gets his own solo book, right. I'll always give him a whirl. And that goes all the way back to the Busick stuff as we had mentioned before, with the Busick and Perez stuff on Avengers back in the nineties, into <laughs> Busick moving uh, Hawkeye over from the Avengers over to being the leader of the Thunderbolts.
0: Ah, the Thunderbolts.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. One of the greatest runs of comic books of all time.
0: Never read it, but anyway. Oh, me and
1: Josh are going to hold you down one day. Uh, Josh, frequent contributor uh, to Todd's Art Attack, the guy who I say I'm always going to go over to his house and steal all of his stuff. Mm -hmm. while he's holding you down and forcing you to read my issues of Thunderbolts, I'm going (laughs) to ransack his house of all of his original art.
0: It's not like there's anything uh, really good that he has.
1: Unbelievable stuff he has. Mm -hmm. So, while you're over at LongBoxHeroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done, Uh, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of LongBox Heroes After Dark, uh, the 2017 Smash Sensation, Todd and Joe Have Issues, and, of course, episodes of ad Wrestling show up over there as well. Uh, you can also purchase anything through our store, our little click-through there. Uh Purchase a shirt, a sticker, or a pin with art by good friend and DC Big Bucks superstar <laughs> Tom Dorinnick. Before he got these fancy Target and Walmart gigs, he was schlubbing for us.
0: That's right. And you know, he got that that KFC bump, but it was really us who started him out.
1: That's right. If he drew an Arthur Treacher's comic, then I know that's <laughs> the real
0: Long John Silver's maybe, Joe. <laughs> Fish Math, the mini series.
1: You know, if he gets contracted to do a Long John Silver's book <laughs> and, and he doesn't put you in the book, I'm <sighs> oh. we're going to have to we're going to have a long conversation with him. Mhm. Uh, But if you don't want any of that stuff, of course, and you should want that stuff, but maybe you already have it, uh, there's a place that you can go that at least has one thing that you don't already have, and that's Amazon. And when you purchase your Amazon purchases through our click-through, we get a couple cents in the back end, and it makes me happy, but it more so makes Todd happy. Mm -hmm. And that's really the reason we do these shows. So some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week Somebody purchased the most recent issue of Venom, number 10, as written by the aforementioned Donny Cates. Uh, Somebody also purchased the complete Calvin and Hobbes. And uh, you know those old school little golden books? Right. Uh, They did a more recent uh, one of those based on the film Home Alone. No. And I didn't know that was a thing, so I'm probably going to have to get that for my kid, because he loves books like that, and he also loves Home Alone.
0: Oh wait! Until he starts booby trapping the house. Mm-hmm.
1: He tries, but uh, he doesn't have the uh, <laughs> he doesn't have the napalm and the blowtorches like Kevin McAllister did.
0: You don't keep blowtorches around the house, handy? No, I don't think
1: I don't keep tar paper with seven inch n- spikes laying around the house either.
0: Uh oh, uh, maybe you, for Christmas, maybe.
1: Uh, somebody also purchased. Uh, Vizio factory original replacement remote control for their smart TV. Uh, Somebody also purchased a pack of 150 ketone test strips, uh, urinalysis to test what your keto levels are. And I don't need to to urinate on a little test to know that I'm unhealthy. I'll just accept (laughs) that I'm unhealthy.
0: That's right. The doctor gives me a test. I walk in. He looks at me. I'm unhealthy.
1: <laughs> and uh, somebody also purchased a 100-pack of Ohm tool razor blades. And I can wow. only hope that's someone who's running a professional wrestling show and is insisting that everyone on the show gig before they uh, go out.
0: I thought maybe it was a, a loser loses his hair match.
1: <laughs> no, you you, you uh, make sure their hair is nice and wet, and then you use like, store-bought clippers, and the clippers get jammed, and then everyone just looks ridiculous.
0: Ah, that's never happened, I bet. No, this
1: is so someone could run the razor, brother.
0: Uh, so,
1: Todd, did we have any art attacks this week?
0: Yes, we did. We had multiple. I'm I'm going to bookend with Mayan. So we're going to go. I started out with, uh, because of the frigid temperatures here in northeast PA, I uh, found an old sketch in my sketchbook that I did not have a picture of or any, you know, like, uh, scans so it was ice by uh mike mccone and i was like oh with a you know zero degree weather this is this is perfect um a beautiful little sketch that i got years ago mike mccone great guy if you ever get to meet him get something off him talk to him he's 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 a hoot to talk to um i really enjoy that piece but other people sent in stuff because as earlier we discussed the retirement of george perez and t-bolt 712 uh He wrote in, in honor of legendary George Perez retiring, here's my Avengers page featuring the Avengers and the Thunderbolts. It has, well, everyone and an acetate overlay on the last panel for explosion effects which I love that kind of stuff of like stat panels and acetate uh, stuff. Just you don't see a lot of that stuff with the digital, uh, you know, tablets and stuff that you could do all that digitally now. And that's a lost art along with word balloons, man.
1: And uh, that's an awesome page. Uh, I'm not shocked that he has a page from Thunderbolts. (laughs) And look at that panel where it's this split shot of Hawkeye and Captain America's faces. Right. Oh, that's beautiful
0: you getting that tattooed on your chest? I, I, I should. <laughs> you should. That would be great. Um also, we had from Gregory Litchfield, he, uh, once again for George Perez, it's the only piece of comic art that he owns. It's a new Teen Titans Volume 1, Number 13, uh, page 10 from November 1981. He bought this at, uh, the million year picnic in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, and that's another great, like, look at all that detail in there where we were joking before about like all the bricks in a wall. Like he drew like, with rare exception, like whole leaves on like the jungle trees. It's ridiculous.
1: And even just like the shut, like every character is represented on that page. Uh, you know, the way he draws Robin, like, here we are, like, Robin has bright colors, I'm, I'm, you know, of course, and I'm sure the, the printed page looks a little bit different than that, but the black and white of that, like, there's Robin blending into the trees. Like, the shading on that is beautiful. Like, I just can't get over how nice that page looks.
0: Right. And I always loved when it came to George Perez, like, the whole idea of doing that version of the Titans was that, you know, him and Marv Wolfman agreed that, like, Dick was outgrowing the robin mantle he was going to become nightwing and how awkward they made cuz he looked like a man in a robin suit and it showed it was like you could see it was like yeah something's not right he doesn't look like the teenage boy anymore and that was it was visually perfect for what he did like i don't know if you know this george perez was a pretty darn good artist to pull that off So, um, and also the last one would be, as I said, I would bookend it was when I met George Perez back in the day. This was an old art attack from like, uh, 2014. I think I put this up, but, uh, just that I met him once and he had the whole thing where he could get a head sketch. And I decided to, I'd seen a ton of people get, you know, uh, And I was like, ah, I was like, he did fantastic Four for a little bit. I think maybe he could pull off, a Dr. Doom sketch, because, you know, he, he's not really good at certain characters, you, know, you never know, and like I said, he did that, he did this Dr. Doom sketch in five minutes flat, and you would think this is, like, he what he does in five minutes is, is ridiculous, like, it's beautiful. He's an amazing
1: artist, and uh, again, a true national treasure that sadly we won't be getting new stuff from ever again.
0: But we, there's so much stuff that there's probably hundreds and hundreds of issues of his stuff that I haven't read. So I could probably, uh, you know, read comics for the rest of my life and still read George Perez stuff that I never read.
1: So I think that's it for the main show before we get into a little bit of a TV talk.
0: I think that's everything, yes.
1: All right. So anyone who did not see last week's episode of The Flash. Uh, doesn't want it spoiled or does not care, we bid you adieu. Thank you very much for listening to episode 434, Longbox Heroes, and then we'll uh, get into TV talk here in just a moment. All right, so uh, Flash is back, everybody, and d- is there a reason Silver Ghost as a villain isn't ringing a bell for me?
0: I don't really know who Silver Ghost was off the top of my head. I figured it was the, uh, what's his face from Superior Foes of Spider-Man who could make cars, you know, do what they wanted. Right. I, I, I don't remember Silver Ghost.
1: Uh, if I'm looking at the internet, uh, it looks like that is someone who, let me see here. Uh, where is, they Somebody were maybe a...
0: Earth X villain from the Freedom Fighters. hmm Right. That's all and I got. Who was,
1: a, who was a fella.
0: Yep. Right, so,
1: okay. Uh, Silver Ghost has the ability to use the dark matter that exists out there. Right. To control Cars, technology, stuff. Uh, it's just kind of whatever the plot needs. <laughs> so she's out there doing what she's doing. Uh, also, uh, they're trying uh, the Weather Wizard's daughter for her crimes against humanity. The Weather Witch. The Weather Witch. And because Barry... Uh, is hardly in this episode. He just gets to sit in a box at Star Labs for the majority of the show. Uh, Nora gets to go and try the case in his steed, because he did fill out the paperwork so that she could do CSI stuff in his steed, of course. And after she comes to the realization that uh, Eobard Thawne, who she has some sort of relationship with in the future... She just now put it together, because obviously her mother kept this information from her, that he, in the past, wibbly-wobbly-timey-wimey, killed her grandparents. So she's dealing with that, that he's a bad person. So no one's redeemable, especially this weather witch person. And then a weather witch gets put into situations where she has to make these uh, crises of faith. And also, uh, Cisco and uh, Caitlin are going to create the cure for the metahuman gene.
0: Yes, a la Forge from the X-Men.
1: Right. And very little flash in this episode of The Flash, and you, you said you knew why.
0: Because this is the episode that they decided, well, we don't have uh, Grant Gustin, because he's off filming the Arrow version of the crossover oh. of this season so they're like let's do a flashlight episode while they're film while he's over you know on the arrow set or whatever you want to ca- call it you know what i mean so they're like oh we'll just do a few establishing shots something stuff with him really quick and then the rest of the characters are going to drive this plot and somebody finally mentions that ralph dibney is is off doing something fine yeah, he's with his what. mom Right, Like, after what, three episodes, yes, like we go all the way back to the Thanksgiving episode that he wasn't there for Thanksgiving. Nobody mentioned that Ralph isn't at you know you know they're having turkey, so it was nice it was nice to see that. um this was not one of my favorite episodes. I thought it was really clunky, um like you said, because there wasn't a lot of flash, um I, like Nora making the mistakes that she makes, um that we've seen like. 10 times throughout the season, so I was like, eh, I wasn't really big on it. My favorite part of it was that, uh, that the legends dropped off a copy of Mick's book for Flash to read while he was incarcerated. Right, so, that
1: was, that was, a, that was a nice little touch.
0: And he's like, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> he's
1: like, you'd be surprised. Even though we get Kavanaugh as both Eobard and Sherlock Wells, I felt as though there wasn't enough of him in this episode either.
0: Yes, I'll agree. Like, the uh, the ratio of characters is really off in this episode.
1: And uh, and obviously, you know, this is no,
0: no shock, Todd.
1: Hey, Todd, you know what I like about the Flash TV show? What? The Flash.
0: Well, sometimes you gotta, you know, work around stuff.
1: I guess. But him, it being such a glaring omission of him not being on the show... Really shown a light on how these characters need Barry to interact with to really pop. They on their own isn't do, you know what I mean? Like I don't think they're strong enough to carry the show.
0: I agree. And I always had a problem with, uh, like some of the, the whole thing of like curing superpowers when people like are like, how dare you? And it's like some people, some people don't want the powers because they suck. Like, like Cisco. Like I always, there was one of the things in the X Men. I get it was a whole like uh, allegory to racism and everything like that. But it's like, yeah. uh, there should never be a cure, and like you know people would hate it it 's like, well, your powers are pretty cool you know you 're a sexy woman or a handsome man who's really strong or or whatever like i 'm a person who just shoots radiation out of my fingers and kills people like that I get anywhere near like I kind of like the cure i don't know i always I always just like got, had a problem with that storyline and I think, like you said, if there had been more Wells or Eobard to carry, like, it is a Flash show, and he's the meat and the potatoes, but, but, like, Wells, or or whoever character he's playing, is the dessert, and if we had more of Sherlock or Eobard, like you said, I think this would have been more palatable of an episode, um, those are your two mainstays to keep this show going, Flash or any version of Wells.
1: Right, and they've done this before where you have, like, three ongoing stories, right? Mm-hmm. But when at least one of the two major stories are Barry and Flash-centric, like, this felt like three B-plots with no real A-plot to hold everything together. Right. I don't know. Yeah, it just... It... It really hurt not having Barry, and I understand, as you mentioned, that this is when he was off doing the crossover, and that's great, of course. A lot of people watch watch the crossover, sure. I hope that this week's episode of The Flash has The Flash in it.
0: I bet you it does, Joe. Unless this is the episode he was off filming Supergirl. (laughs)
1: I don't know though. I guess that's it then. I don't want to belabor the point too too much. Oh, except uh at the end your post-credit stinger thing. Right. Is that uh Sherlock Wells goes into the uh really great CGI room where Gideon is?
0: Mhm.
1: And he plays dumb on purpose. Uh because it recognizes him as uh Dr. Wells. And he asks for information about Nora and then Gideon tells Sherlock that all the information in her database about Nora has been deleted by Nora.
0: Right. And we also get some, not in the stinger, but we get the information that's important that, uh, between Nora and uh, Eobard, the reverse Flash, that he's in jail, like we said, and he's, she's talking to him, she's got some kind of deal, but he only has a limited amount of time left. Like, if he's in jail, like, I think they're trying to establish whether or not this is what it's going to be. Is like that he's on death row, and he has, like, twelve, 12 an hour or whatever the right. time was. He's currently it, at
1: less than an hour, yes.
0: Right, until, you know, his time is up if you will and it's up you can't trust Eobar. you can never trust Eobar.
1: nope and she even says and she even asks barry right like mm-hmm. can people be redeemed and he said and he gives a really good speech and again the little bit of barry that we get just makes me miss not having a ton of him in the show mm-hmm. uh where he says that's the thing that makes us the heroes that we're able to see the good and even the worst people and he puts over captain cold as well he should uh, that Captain Cold was one of the worst villains that he saw, but, you know, he became a legend and died a hero. You know, this is this whole great thing, putting over Captain Cold. And she, and Nora mentions, like, even Eobard, he can be. And we have seen, through the course of this season, over, uh, of this show, uh, over five seasons?
0: And some of legends.
1: And some of legends of all the horrible things that Eobard Thawne has done and all the reactions that Barry has had. And Barry pauses and says, yes. And that's, like, such a great moment for Barry. Like, for him to be a hero and to say everybody but this one person is redeemable, like, that would betray a character the level of Barry.
0: I agree. I was hoping, though, he said, no, Nora, if you ever see Eobart, snap his neck. Snap his neck as fast as you can.
1: I think that's in like, the Snyder cut of Justice League, by the way. <laughs> exactly. It just clumsily edited him there. <laughs> just like, <laughs> crack. crack. Yay, it's like, Flash. why is the Flash not Ezra Miller no more?
0: Oh, that would be great. <laughs>
1: All right, so, again, the little bit of Barry that was in here was great. The little bit of Tom Cavanaugh that was in here was great. Everybody else needs to work real hard to carry their weight when they're not around.
0: Well, we need Joe back, too. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, but Joe, Joe has an exclu- excuse. He's not feeling well.
0: Yes. So, I guess that's really it now. Right,
1: that's really it now as well. All right. Uh, so, again, thank you, everyone, for listening. This is episode 434 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying thanks for listening, and we'll see y'all here next week.
0: Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boop!